listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadal and Will Watkins. Hey everybody, welcome to Zeros on Heroes. My name is Mike Mercadal. With me as always is... Will Watkins! Thank you all uh, for listening and uh, for coming out to Unsung Heroes every Thursday night at the Creek in the Cave in Long Island City, Queens. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun, uh, but we're back in... Uh, this is a new studio for us. We're here at the Creek Media Studios here at the Creek, and uh, they've been kind enough, kind enough to let us use the space. Yeah, shout out to, to Brian B-Dog over Brian, there. what's yeah. up? Uh, we have, a, we have a, another person producing us. This is very, very good. We're almost like a real podcast, you guys. We're like Pinocchio. Yeah. We're, we're, we're real boys now. We have the equipment. Now we just need the talent. Yep. That's the one thing we're missing. Uh, bringing <laughs> that with him today is our very special guest. Uh, we're happy to have him here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, get up for Josh Carter. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah. I assume that everybody's clapping when yeah. I say that in their car or like on the train as they Woo! listen. To yeah. Josh Carter, I've been yeah. waiting for this. <sighs> I've been waiting for this moment on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> for the past two minutes and 52 seconds. Finally, they introduced. Yeah, we heard these motherfuckers all the time. Like right uh, now, if you see somebody on the six train, like, oh shit, Josh Carter. It's like, oh, they're listening to Zeros and Heroes. <laughs> yeah, but you're a very funny comedian. You got shows all over the city. Uh, you you produce a few, right? Yeah. Um, that just Go guarantees that I get to get up at my favorite venues. <laughs> that's why you. That's why you produce a show. Um, yeah, I do. A I do plug I do, away. We do plugs at the beginning. Sweet. So I produce a show at the stand called Northern Discomfort. Oh, yeah. With Ray DeVito, right? Yeah, I do that with Ray DeVito. He's usually the host. I actually host last week, and it was a lot of fun, so maybe I'm going to push him to make by, me host. You have drop-ins that are fucking ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Yeah. At the stand, you got some good people there. Yeah. Uh, Ray comes on Unsung Heroes a bunch. He, he loves... He, he's, he drops sports references until Will stops listening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even think about the sports world. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, no, we, we, you, you picked a, a great, a, a great hero for this week. Um, and, uh, we're going to get to that, but first, uh, let's go to hero of the day. Hero of the day. That's, uh, that's how Will says it. And if you want to s introduce the hero of the day segment, however you see fit, we give you that opportunity right now. So like three, two, one. Uh, well, I don't want to fuck it up. You already just did yours <laughs> and you've committed to it. I don't want to. No, this is your coming way. Coming off the top of my head and just try to you surf just, just say the, hero of the day however you want you just, oh okay okay yeah i'm being too dramatic here this is me being overly humble the stakes you know? okay. could not be lower <laughs> yeah uh hero of the day one two three hero of the day that's it oh shit. short sweet simple very minimalist introduction i appreciate that um I who do you got for us I got actually uh, I got a couple of heroes of the day. Uh, one I want to do right off the top of my head was uh, Barry Crimmins, man. Yeah, oh, rest yeah. in peace, Barry Crimmins. Ah. Uh, just passed away recently, but he was he's like a legitimate hero. He he went through a lot of shit, and then he turned that around to like advocate for abuse victims, and he fucking he argued in Congress against AOL at like when he was fucking. They were making money off of fucking child porn. People forget that shit. Like yeah. at the beginning of the internet, that's that's what really. It was the fucking wild west in the beginning. It was nuts. Like there, like uh, you have to see the documentary called "Call Me Lucky." Yeah, yeah. Um, directed by Bobcat Goldthwait. It was it. He genuinely, like, advocated changed laws. Like 
and he was a comedian. Like, he, yeah. like that's that's it's Wait, fucking crazy. Wait, it's on Netflix or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's I'll on Netflix. There was, I think, there's one part where he was talking to Congress, and they were like, "Well, we have a three-strike law about child pornography," and he was like, "No, one strike. Yeah, one strike. That's what you get. What do you mean three strikes? That's how many? What? That's the three times you've caught them." And like already, they're gotten away with it twice. Like fuck you. Yeah, and aside from uh, aside from all of that, he also basically started the uh, Boston comedy scene. Yeah, like Bobcat Goldthwait got his name from uh, from him from uh, Barry uh, Crimmins because Barry Crimmins was known as a, a Wildcat, and then Bobcat Goldthwait was Bob Goldthwait, and he came with Bobcat, and then Tom Kenny, who's the voice of SpongeBob, was Tomcat. So it was like Bobcat, Tomcat, Wildcat. That's like bananas. Cats. Yeah, I also love that that uh, Tom Kenny, uh, like the voice of SpongeBob, was a Boston comedian. Like just like in the like just being a di- he's there. Like all the people who do voices for cartoons, like the the guy who did Pinky and the Brain, the guy who did the Brain, he was a stand up. Also, they're all crazy people doing the voices of cartoons for children. Like, yeah. they're it's That's bonkers. interesting. I have a very goofy voice. If there are any voiceover <laughs> recruiters listening to this, <laughs> oh, listen man. to how goofy this voice. Can you believe I'm a black man? <laughs> yeah. Yo, one time I was doing a, uh, one time I was doing this radio gig, the uh, War of the Roses. Okay. And, uh, oh, right, right. And on the radio, like on air, it was live. She was like, I- I'm just telling from your voices, this is probably an interracial relationship. You being a black woman. <laughs> And he being a white man, so why don't you get into that a little bit? Is that something that was? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say shit. I just acted like I was the white dude. Yeah, you do That's have that so white but, guy voice. But I, I did have license then to kind of be borderline racist just to see how I could push my <laughs> limits as a white dude, which is something I don't have normally. Because the, the audio medium separates the visual. You could be whatever you want. You could be a white man. You could be a cartoon penguin. Who knows? Uh, yeah, you do sound like Richard Pryor doing an impression of a white guy. There you go. <laughs> That's not the first time I heard that. Do you? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I don't want. I think my sound is more unique than that one, though. Yeah, I, I, I will say that. Like, I just recently, like, I got a voiceover gig doing stuff for a website where I'm reading just a lot of copy, and I have to kind of do a to do a voice. By the end of it, my throat is so fucked up. Like, it really does take a day to recover. And I'm reading like like boring things it's not like i'm reading exciting things sometimes it's fun like some nerdy thing but that i that i like but most of the time i'm just it's almost like i'm reading the directions off of a off of a fucking uh pop tarts like i'm reading (laughs) microwave instructions for you know a hot pocket uh which will come into play later i have a i have a thing that's weird is that i don't i don't like talking on the phone i'm a texter so the only time I do talk on the phone is usually when I have to leave somebody a message and I just turn it to the movie phone guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love talking on the phone. They're like, hey, leave a message. I'm like, uh, this is Will Watkins. And they're uh, like, call so me they, back. They text you back and they're like, hey, someone stole your phone and identity <laughs> and they have a dumbass voice. Also, what time is the Black Panther showing? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that shit. We'll talk about that. But, but Bar- the, to finish up, uh, Barry Crimmins yeah. and also... He, and later in life like now he was having a kind of a resurgence after the call me lucky movie yeah, came out. Yeah. and he was here at the creek all the time like he would just hang out yeah, dude. and he would he, i remember the first time i met him he was doing like a week at the creek for like to work out like mm-hmm. his new special and could not have been nicer didn't know who i was just said hello and i'm like oh i run the show downstairs i'm doing un- we were doing you know unsung heroes and I, and then um I was like, oh, I'm doing, I do a thing downstairs. He was like, oh, yeah, what is that thing? Oh, maybe I'll drop it. And, you know, he was just, apropos of nothing, just the chillest dude. Yeah. 
you know? I was, uh, he was, he did a couple weeks at the Creeks here, but, uh, one time I got here early and I was hanging out at the bar and he just like sat down next to me and just started talking to me like I was a person. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, I know who you are. Like I, I knew who you were before I even started comedy. And like, I was like, can I buy you a beer? And he was like, oh, that's so nice of you. Every time I saw Barry Grimmins, I bought him a beer. Like he had an open bar tab with me. Like it's like he, he he should never buy a beer in his life. If you recognize Will at a bar or anything like that, he's gonna. Wait, buy are you. you guys from Boston, by the way? No, no, no. we're both from Florida. Uh, yeah. yeah, we suffer that. We bear that. Yeah, boo, <laughs> boo. Uh, are you from Georgia? I'm from Queens. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, the idea that that uh, he, like he was, he seemed like the most aware of like people are just people and he never really like you know because also he went through that period of when he wasn't working and he wasn't doing stand-up and yeah. and he was just coming back like he, he i guess he kind of felt that you know he, he i remember when i was talking to him he's like oh we're all just in, doing the same shit it's just some people have one some of us have been doing it longer and i was like that's exactly right good yeah. good point you know good for you but uh yeah rest in peace barry crimmins and he he really uh kind of shined a light on on like being a good person good hearted person going through a fucking tar- a terrible thing in your life and then turning it into like a weapon against the people yeah. who do that who who you like weapon against villains that's some hero shit for real i was a big fan of how he would tweet at the pope uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he would be like excommunicate me god damn it yeah, he's like trying to yeah if that's a that's a bold move to start talking shit to the Pope at Pontifex. <laughs> Fuck you, mother. Yeah. Um, I didn't know the Pope was on Twitter. The yeah. Pope has a Twitter. And I thought I was all cool because Obama followed me. Imagine <laughs> having the Pope follow you. Does, Does Obama he follow-, follow you? Yeah, everyone. Well, Obama followed like everyone who followed him. I think when he was campaigning. Ah. Uh, yeah, the idea that that the president, a former president of the United States, can just like at you you know like, yeah. like or like just fave one of your like like fave one of your things and it's it's mind-boggling the amount of access you have now when it's used for good but when it's used yeah. for bad and like trump starting nuclear war with kim jong-un over fucking twitter it's like good god i sometimes like actually want to tweet to trump like encouragement and stuff but i feel like i would be met with such like fucking yeah like i'm saying just don't listen to them try to do it this way like for the love of god <laughs> That's hey, have, you like, thought, have you thought about not doing what you're doing yeah. i've also had this idea i think that trump like wants to like prove that he's not racist so i was thinking about like asking him for like millions of dollars to help develop detroit and i could buy a whole bunch of property with that money and make sure it's like all flowing well and it's renting well that'd be dope you, you, you think want- he would say yes I think I could be like, I finally have a black friend. I will do it. If you come on TV and stand behind me, he's got, he's, he's got, uh, black hangers on. He points him out. Remember when he was like in uh, getting elected, he would point him out like, Hey, blacks for Trump. And he would point out the one guy. My favorite thing he said was, Hey, look at my African American over there. Uh, (laughs) He's singular. Yeah. There's, I'm sure that he's got somebody that he can fucking point at and be like, I, I get, I can only imagine what Trump's at, F- like stream looks like you know you could see, like just look at all your at mentions oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, oh my god that must suck I, I would never I would not switch places with Donald Trump <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> making a bold statement going on the record I would not trade places with Donald Trump um, but it would be weird I, like I have a dream of doing like a body switch movie but like have it be real where literally just someone puts like someone is now in Trump's body like how they would 
have to like the movie Dave. Remember the movie Dave with yeah, Kevin yeah. Klein? Yeah. Like that, but with Trump. Like all of it. Or like Freaky Friday. Like Freaky Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see a sequel to that with Lindsay Lohan and Donald Trump. Would- real life Lindsay Lohan and real life Donald Trump. Because <laughs> Lindsay has gone through a lot, and I feel like she's coming back now. She's learned a lot. So that'd be good to apply <laughs> now. As- Honestly, I think there would be no difference between the two. (laughs) It would be the same brain. It already happened. We missed it. Like we didn't even. It didn't even blip on the radar as something weird. Um, God damn, that's funny. Uh, Josh, you're. uh, Let's talk about you. Where are you from originally? Uh, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. This uh, is the interview portion uh, where we talk about you. I've had a weird life, though, not a traditional like upbringing. I didn't, I didn't go through the traditional system. I started out in the system, going to public school and stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. I went to Murrow, which is a school, a high school in Brooklyn. Is it's it like a, a charter school or something? No, no, it's public. It's but public. it's like one of the better public schools in Brooklyn. But it's different. They try, they teach you, they treat you like college students. Like oh. there's no bells. Oh. You could just leave campus anytime you want, oh. get pizza and come back. It's like a Montessori it. type school. No, no, it's like That's a regular public school. There's still periods and stuff, but there just wasn't bells. So you have to, so on your periods off, you have to be accountable for your time. And, and this is like when we're like 13 freshmen. Oh. So like, you know, it was, it's a lot of fun. It's like the funnest school to go to like in high school. But then, like, a lot of people don't get good grades and they get switched out. So my mom, like, overreacted and I went to military school. Oh, oh shit. Really? Like, the okay, second now. year. The second year. Yeah. But military Where... school, now looking back as an adult. All right. Well, you're going to ask me something? Well, no. I was just saying, like, here in the city, there's, like, you have to leave the city. No, no. To it was like I, 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 like, lived there. It was like a boarding. Like a boarding school. Like, it's kind of like a boarding. It's like basically military school is like boarding. It's different from like boot camp, from like where they sent right, right. kids on Mori and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like <laughs> these, that's the most common thing you hear when you say that you went to military school. Someone's, they ask you, oh, what'd you do? You were a bad kid. Right, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really could fuck with people, but I'm already black, so I don't want to like double down. I like have to dig myself out the hole. <laughs> what kind of people were in that school with you though? Like, were you? Oh, uh, was you it want like- to hear what kind of people were at this school? Yes. Oh, cra- yes. Larry Fitzgerald went there first of all. Larry like, Fitzgerald, the um, yeah, for the receiver for the Cardinals. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I actually stayed in his room the year he was up for the Heisman, and ESPN like videoed the room that I was staying in while I was like in there, oh. like for some spe- Heisman special about Whoa. Larry Fitzgerald. Fancy. Was it? But was it? Was this a punishment school? Was it like no, a no, school no. where you? Well, it's it's like a it's basically like a prep. School school but like a lot of the people there were kids trying to get into naval academy or west uh, point military yeah. family uh, shit yeah, oh, i thought it was like, like major paint or some shit no no it wasn't like that <laughs> and like there there were some bad kids there but then there were also like royalty like the princes of kuwait went to school with what? me whoa yeah yeah uh like oh jd salinger went there back in the day jesus I, actually pensy prep is partially valley forge like the some characters in Pensy Prep were still at Valley Forge when I was there. Whoa! Like our chaplain, who's the oldest dude on campus, now he's dead. But like when I was in high school, he was there. Um, he uh, was like a he was like a apparently like he was part of the roommate of Holden Caulfield. Like whoa! The, Holden what? Caulfield's roommate is based on him and two other dudes who went to Valley Forge with JD Salinger. Holy shit! Not Holden Caulfield, but like a, a roommate of his at. Pensy Prep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how long were you at Pensy Prep? I was just there a year. At the time, I was just like, I was like, so I, I just after tasting Murrow and that independence, and then switching right. to the polar opposite, it was like a major culture shock for me. So I would like, 
I, I AWOL'd from Valley Forge. Like what? one time, Whoa. I just left in the middle of the fucking night. Where'd you go? I just, I, I just, you just walked, walked out. I just walked out. I, I walked down the street. I, I used my going away money, like to buy like a train ticket at the in the town subway station. The, not the subway, the the train station. Yeah, yeah, the, the train, the train. SEPTA. Yeah, so I, yeah, I bought yeah. a SEPTA ticket to like downtown Philly, and then just hopped on like a a bus home, like a ten dollar bus, and like and I just, you, to back to Brooklyn. Yeah, so I just showed up at my mom's house that next morning at like 10 a.m. And what did they... And my mom was like super worried because they had called her Did like you get court-martialed or something? They had called my mom late at night so that, saying that they lost me and that there was like <gasps> issues because I was like getting hazed a lot and like bullied a lot. Like, Oh, wow. So they, were, they were like very like scared that like some shit had happened to me. So when my mom... So it was like... It felt <laughs> she was very happy to see me, which I did not. I was like, oh, you were, wow, oh, you thought you were, gonna, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, I should have run away sooner. This is great. Uh, what were they doing to haze you? I mean, it was just like, well, I had definitely always got put every day. I was pushed to the legal limit of push ups. I was like really? a loud mouth asshole, like kind of like wow. I am now, but way so worse. So you deserved it. Well, uh, so but I, like, does this inform, like, when did you start doing comedy? Um, after this but i was like i remember i would try to do shit to make people laugh like and stuff throughout like the plebe system which uh-huh. is like your first like six to eight weeks of yeah, valley yeah, yeah. forge basically you you go through like you're like less than human basically so it's like all the other older it's kids amazing how that shit still you. fucking ha- like like oh well i mean that's just part of like i mean you it's military I, I feel like it i feel like it's i don't think it's like necessarily bad like if, if if it's not like if you're not getting your if if you're not getting the shit kicked out of you it's it's not that bad I don't mm. think right? I yeah I mean it's still it's bad but I understand what you're saying it's not but like, like so build character because then like everyone like I still like keep in t- I only was at school for one year and I still keep in touch with like at least a, a you, handful of them you bonded over over all and, that but shit? like it go like, even some of the kids who are like in leadership positions like have come back one of them's a comedian out in Detroit and I see him and he wow. like he's like come and ask me for comedy advice like, he just li- he got into comedy like later than me so he would like this is like a few years ago now so now he's like doing been doing it but like he like i let him do beauty bar but he was like one of the top leadership do- well he was way too high up for me to have ever dealt with him like i'd have to really oh, fuck okay. up shit but like, <laughs> yeah but he was like a senior when i was like there as a sophomore but uh you had to wake up every morning basically at 5 45 you did pt ran like a mile like 90 yeah. like you were doing crunches push-ups like up downs uh-huh. like all that how much of it was like in the people army joined now? the That's football team there like just to escape from like the regular workout really because it's like less <laughs> no wonder larry fitzgerald's winning heisman's <laughs> jesus how uh, many push-ups could you do right now i don't know Pro- i i haven't all right done here we go in a while. <laughs> maybe like 50 on this audio podcast we're not gonna have you you can just <laughs> pretend you're like oh my god he's he's doing so though so no, fast no, when oh, i'm yeah. in shape when i'm in shape i do three sets of 30 like to warm up at the gym that's not bad. That's that's uh, pretty good. I'm I would I would not be able to do that now. Back when I played football, it was different. Like I would just you just crank out. Push, or when I was in the fire academy, you just crank out pushups because it's paramilitary. They treated it like boot camp, kind of where we had P, like a set PT, and if you fucked up, you had to start over. And by the end, you know, like I could like the first day, I couldn't peel my body off the ground anymore. But then by the end, we were just cranking out pushups. Like they were like drop and give me forty pushups. We'd be like fuck, all right, bum, 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 bum. we wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, but um, but so well, uh, Valley Forge got me ready for push-ups and stuff. <laughs> like, uh, it's 
It was like, so basically anything, anytime I would say anything back to them, they'd make not just me, but Everett in my like oh, group. Oh, shit. Like, uh, people uh, fucking hated you. Yeah, then. so yeah, when I first got there, everyone hated me. My roommate used to kick my fucking ass. Like, Oh, uh, you were Vincent D'Onofrio? No, but this uh, dude, my roommate was a tough kid. He didn't look tough. He looked like, he was like Ben L. Jermosen's build, but like, he was what? just like, knew how to fight this kid. Like, he was like a chubby little, like, he he's like, but he's like, I just couldn't like compete. He didn't, yeah, <laughs> he's a he's scrapper. Like, dude, he's scrappy, scrappy dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some guys they got it, you know. And and if you got a little bit of mass and you know how to use it, I, that was my whole football career. Um, just like putting size in the right place. That's it. Um, but then so let's move on from there. So you went and you started doing comedy and you started. Uh, you moved back to New to New York to to back to Brooklyn to go to school again or no? No, no. So then after that, I uh, transferred myself out into like a regular preppy boarding school. Oh, I went to this school called Kent in Connecticut. Jesus, which actually all preppy. An alumni of there, I I missed Lana Del Rey by two years. If I had gone there as a freshman, I would have gone to school with Lana Del Rey. Ah, uh, you lose so much street cred, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. But Seth MacFarlane went, from went there. J D. Salinger to Lana Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> but in all fairness, like these sound these these sound like the schools where when. This doesn't sound new, like like you. Oh, I'm from Brooklyn, but then also this is such a different experience. So weird, yeah. It's like a weird journey, you know. And it was like, uh, it was like, I don't know. It's just it's very like skull and bones. I would have never thought. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's weird. Tough. Once once like I got through it, I was like, wow, I did all that. You know, like growing up, there was never a sign. Like I was like the kid, like going to public school. I was like, you know, like getting to fights here and right, there, just right. like doing school lunch. I always did like had the best grades on my classes, like going through public schools so um, up until you, Murrow. What made you start comedy though? Um, well, basically when I was like in like this boarding school, I was, I was like the president of every club basically just to do shit yeah just to have no, shit just to, to just to get on the morning announcements oh you yeah. so you are a ham, you you're like a ham you you want to be in yeah. the center of so attention I was, like, I was like always like that like it made me do a lot of push-ups in valley forge but now like at this prep school i was just like cracking people up and only people it was just people who got mad were like the faculty and who cares you know they weren't like right. doing shit to you compared to what they're doing at valley forge yeah you know? yeah. yeah oh so. i could just i have to sit in this room and read for 20 minutes this is great for compared to doing a thousand push-ups yeah, uh, That's but like, though. yeah, it was it was fun. So I ended up later on, like in college, I was like on on a study abroad trip randomly. Uh, I used to do talent shows and shit, like, and I'd always try to do some kind of sketch or something like that. Sure, sure. But like, I always wanted to get into stand up. But finally, there was like some dude who was doing stand up, and I'd done this sketch that had done really well at this the talent show. So this dude had his own like headlining comedy show. He was another student on the boat, and he asked me to open for him and that oh. was my first time doing what it was his name? and it was great remember? yeah he still does it he's in san diego sam wiles oh cool yeah yeah so so i so i did dope. that and i just and i was like now that i've done this i have to just go to open mics whenever i'm in new york city back home and i started doing gigs also in austin because i was going to texas a&m at the time oh shit and like How, every so, time i went home i would do gigs and like i would try to get into shit with college humor and i would to do like their little sketches right right because that's where they were based out of originally yeah. right yeah or, so, or no they weren't they're were based out of new york, out of new york. But like, yeah when i oh yeah yeah they're in la now but yeah they were in new york before yeah but so basically you were just trying you were literally trying to do anything you could anywhere yeah right? basically so let's talk about your hero because it's relevant to to what you're here because um you know on this show we people pick either like a comic book hero or a movie hero but you picked a comedy hero and you picked a very good one because we all love him uh jim gaffigan yeah. Uh, it's such a solid pick, yeah. Because um, he, 
Well, let's start with the first question we ask every, every guest about their hero. What's the first thing you think of when you think about Jim Gaffigan? Well, the thing that I think that people don't see that, that I like really see is just how stable of a dude he is. Yeah. yeah. Like, just imagine all the animals you have to go through through your comedy journey, like all the shit that you probably have to put up with, especially getting to the level he's at. He's yeah. dealt with shit that I haven't dealt with yet, probably, you know? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm sure. He, and he's, yeah. and I, he just like walks around, like, he has like, he's just like, this aura he's like he kind of reminds me of like when i was on my internship at travelers like what the ceo was like when he walked by yeah. you know he has that kind he's of the thing boss going. yeah he's like or he's like the the not the like uh not the shitty bosses but like he just knows that he's got his job you yeah. know what i mean like he knows what he's doing but he's not an asshole about it no, yeah, no he's like a like very a nice, nice guy That's what I'm yeah, saying. yeah like yeah. he's like yeah. conducts himself in the most professional manners he's basically i think of him as being above all the drama and that's yeah. like a place that I yeah. aspire yeah. very hard to be at. I feel like I let the shit hurt me sometimes. You you, know, like, you're like, you get wounded. <laughs> I, I get into Facebook arguments too much about too many stupid ass things. <laughs> yeah, the Jets. <laughs> the Jets. Yeah. Nas. Uh, jets. All sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Basically those two things. No, like, Cryptocurrency. Wouldn't it be great if Jimmy Gaffigan was on his phone like, fucking Nas. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> he's, he's talking about Jay-Z Nas beef. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just Nas pocket. <laughs> but but yeah that's a good that's a good thing to strive for i think like we always talk about what is heroic on this show like what is like being above, he's on his own plane he's yeah. like jay-z in a way in that way yeah yeah, yeah. you know and in, and in essence like uh when you talk about like how how because his because he talks about i've seen like interviews with him where he talks about how he used to have like blowjob jokes and he talked about fucking and stuff like that but then he found like jokes in like the real mundane shit like that's what really got like took off for him and like I remember, like in his last special or some some something I saw recently, he cursed, he said a bad word or something like that, and people in the audience were like gasping. Yeah. And then it was one of those moments where it's like, oh, he's built this thing for himself where he's finds the funny and just like the whatever that everybody kind of connects with. And I think that it comes from a place of like being calm enough to register that, you know, like what what's funny about fucking birthday cake, you know, or yeah. pancakes or whatever. To the point where he's like so clean, he opened for the Pope. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> he actually. did. He opened for the Pope. He came out and he introduced the Pope at some speaking thing, right? Yeah, well, he's also like kind of a somewhat of a figure, I think, like as far as Catholicism is concerned. Yeah, because like he he's is known a, Catholic. Exactly. Yeah, he's cranking out kids. I think it's he's between doing him Catholic. and Colbert, but Colbert, I feel like, has done a bunch. Said has he said anti-Catholic stuff? Colbert no, since? he's he's just kind of. I think he's walking that line yeah. of. I don't I'm want trying to be liberal, but I'm Catholic. Right. Yeah, so yeah. he doesn't want to fully commit to the Catholic stuff that goes against, you know, like anti-abortion well, and shit. What's funny is like, uh, I grew up Catholic and uh, if anybody listens to uh, this, they know, like I actually at one point wanted to become a Catholic priest. And really? yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but like, uh, that was the whole like divide in the church was like, are Catholics Republican or are they Democrats? Like, what are they? Because like, think it could be either or. Yeah, because we have because it's like ah, Catholics are anti-abortion, but at the same time we're pro-social programs. So it's like we love welfare, we love fucking Medicaid and everything like that. So it's like, hey, it's kind of balancing. So you can you be want either. to heal this? You want to be Jesus-like? Well, Catholics are way more. I mean. Ca- I, I, you can't blame penalty. Catholics for being anti-abortion because they're anti-birth control. So they're yeah. they're like anti-sex at all. So like, they're if anti- you follow their first yeah. rule, you won't have to even get to the abortion. But I'm, but you know, they, uh, Jesus once said, "May he who has not sinned cast the first stone." Yeah, so yeah. you know, God's gonna always forgive you. So live your life, and then that, ask for forgiveness on your deathbed. Am I too loud? 
No, yeah, he's. Oh yeah. We have a we have a spot now where people are taking care. Of. This is fucking great, man. Oh, that's great. This is better than my apartment in Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> or yeah. have to sit in my sit in the fucking uh, next to my computer. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's the uh, the the fact that he does carry this kind of clean cut lifestyle. It's fine. We got we got cats in the studio. It's the worst. It's no. all right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he has this kind of like clean lifestyle. There are animals all over the place. Yeah, if we just got invaded by cats yeah, yeah. at the creek, which I there feel are is cats here. Mark Maron just walked in. Yeah, what the I fuck feel, is going we're on? We're on brand. Um, <laughs> no, but but the fact that he has like his wife writes oh, for yeah. him and his stuff. Whole, yeah, his whole setup is like amazing. He has his 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 family is like in his comedy. Like his wife is basically helps him out like his producer of his right. show yeah like she's all about it too like they're like completely synced up that's like the epitome of like a great relationship like working together and yeah. not having it tear you apart yeah and, and almost like everyone it, it's almost like because I, I remember i saw him one time uh our buddy oni was working he works eastville comedy yeah. club and jim gaffigan will just drop in because he's like right in that area mm-hmm. so he'll drop in occasionally he came in with like a fucking stack of just printer paper you know, just look, just going over stuff like that. And we, he was talking over jokes. Like, he was literally doing it. Like, he was doing stuff. And, he, and a lot of it was stuff that he had written, like, with his wife. He was talking about it. Like, oh, she said this. I said this. We'll see which one works. And I think it's it's kind of like a testament to making... Sorry, there are literally cats walking around the table right now in front of the microphones. <laughs> we have to move, like, our drinks out of the way because they're I drinking beer. I almost got whipped beer. in the face by its tail. Can you... We don't have to address it. This is the, the no, studio think- magic. I think it no. I think it's great. It's <laughs> it's phenomenal. I yeah. love this. I'm I wish this was on time. video too. There's literally uh, a cat should... in my lap licking my thumbs. Yeah, yeah. That's totally what's <laughs> happening. Uh, but yeah, the idea that that there's uh, cats in the studio. <laughs> how am I going to tie that together? <laughs> how am I going to make that shit work? Uh, but he's also he's got like um, his his kids. He's he's got like five kids, and they're all living together. Did you you know that they live in a in a like a one bedroom apartment. Uh, not anymore. No, no. I, I, up until recently, I think like they they really? literally. I swear. I I always assumed that he, my aunt. I have an aunt who has like four kids, and she has like a her and her husband both have like these big like corporate jobs, and they pay like something like six grand for um for a uh, for a. <laughs> this cat just walks just straight on to this is like a podcast on see you in hell yeah. <laughs> oh you shit just like walk. Yeah. wait what was i just talking about i have add too so this is not yeah, good yeah. uh his apartment <laughs> oh i well my i i've always like assumed like he has like one of these like nine thousand dollar a month like five bedrooms somewhere like in- he's got he no he was living in the i guess in the east village somewhere because he was always close yeah. to there i heard he, he lives in a in a i think a two bedroom now or no a three bedroom no and way with five kids yeah a three bedroom with five kids i think is what it is now and they make it and they he oh, hasn't like murdered kids? them yeah huh how old is, how old's the oldest kid there i mean the youngest she, one's like a little kid and i'm assuming she like he looks uh, he posts pictures of her on instagram all the time he has a great instagram account as well yeah yeah but uh i think she looks like she's about like 12 13 something like that okay uh, doesn't he? That's tra- not that bad then. If you have bunk beds. Yeah, 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 that's fine. And he travels with uh, Ted Alexandro goes with him a yeah, lot of places, yeah. and that's a fucking great show because he's yeah. funny. Jim Gaffigan is fucking, you know, like I could those. That's the head, you have a headliner opening for a legend. Yeah, yes. you know? that's a good fucking gig. It's basically a double headliner show. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, do you find that like when you watch somebody like that who does have such a unique style, does it filter into your shit or does it? 
do you try yeah, not to let I it mean, do that? I mean, I think Jim Gaffigan is one of those. Jim Gaffigan's like one of like the three comedians who's probably influenced like my writing style the most. I, he was what I was watching when I first started comedy. Right. Yeah. Like Beyond the Pale is like one of my favorites. Like Jim it's, Gaffigan is that, like yeah. my was like one of my probably top favorite comics like when I got into it. So I think it did have like a lot of influence on. Like I have a joke about White Castle, and it's like written like a Gaffigan uh, joke. I yeah, feel like. he's he the master of food jokes. Like, yeah. like he he made he made me realize, you know what? You don't have to. Like at first when I got into comedy, it was all about race. I was like going to school in like the deep south, and like it was like my outlet for all my like racial anger was through like sarcastic racial jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but like kind of listening to Gaffigan, I'm like, you know what? I should try to really branch out, you know? And I, I was like saying, I could re- literally write about anything. I was like sitting in like a white castle and I was just like making all these crazy observations. Hamburgers. Yeah. It, you know, but it but is it's like, not like, it's not like all I do, but like it, it's just like uh, interesting how you could turn anything mundane and make it funny. And like, right. he's like one of the people who broke down. He's or a, who like kind of could show you that you could do it. Gaffigan is one of the dudes who the, like he was the, the first time I ever uh, heard somebody do a joke that was similar to mine and but it was like one of those things where it was way better where like i had a, a yeah whole, yeah I, I yes i had like a like a two minute bit on how if you go to like uh fast food restaurants you can get a, your beverage on the beverage menu as a milkshake and i'm like no that's like a dessert right and, right, right right and like i went on a whole two minute three minute long thing but then i saw one of his specials and he had like one line about it and it crushed and then he just moved on and i was like Oh, yeah. I get it. Where you're like, oh no, that's what my thing was supposed to sound like. Yeah. You know, my, oh, <sighs> he. That's right. No, no. Another amazing thing is about Gaffigan is that he has five children and is like a force in comedy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Imagine how hard that is. Like, it's hard for me as a single guy just to balance. <laughs> I have comedy in a job, but like, still, as a job is probably like my job. I could not go in if I wanted to. Like, he has. Yeah. Like yeah. five mouths to feed and he's doing he's balancing all that like a testament right there <laughs> yeah you can't like you can't just call out of kids you know? yeah <laughs> you're like sorry kids fuck this i'm not doing it um but yeah like do you find that you um when you when you think about like your 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 you know progress through comedy and all that stuff do you find that like because he's ch- he's changed like stuff that they're like some of his jokes his style like even in his newer specials have changed you know a little bit yeah he's a lot different i mean like any artist like he, he kind of has evolved from uh beyond the pale yeah mm-hmm. like I, I i do i did i did love all that did though, you watch you know? his show the, the yeah i was on the show you were yeah what, well i was just a extra though when which you won the qed one or which one yeah the qed one. Oh, really i gotta i gotta watch that again yeah well, yeah, our uh, buddy, my my buddy Dave Kinney was on there also, like uh, when he was shooting at Eastville. Yeah, the the it was such a fun like, uh, and his wife was the producer on that show also. So, but yeah, it was like very, yeah. very like, it felt very real. Like it wasn't yeah. like a glamorized, you know what I mean? Like it it was like you could. Uh, it wasn't like a yeah. It yeah. wasn't like crashing. It's like, <laughs> it shows stuff you don't think about like like his own like insecurities and like stuff like that and like yeah. um, like it shows that even jim gaffigan gets nervous about what he's about to say yeah. in public you know like that one episode where he's like has to carry that big bible around and then or something <laughs> that, you see that that's one? what i love i think it was uh, one of the first a couple episodes he had to do something with the church or something like that yeah i think that's the same one where he was like uh where he's like on stage is you know obviously he's devoutly catholic whatever but at the same time like in the show he's like oh i gotta go to church yeah. oh. 
Well, I don't think he's devout. I think he's just raised Catholic and he does all the Catholic things. He's traditionally yeah. Catholic. Yeah. And, yeah. But I think that like, I think that he's held to like a high standard. Like he has to do check all the Catholic boxes because yeah. he's still a, He's like the Catholics comedian. Like who else? <laughs> he is, is the but he's the patron saint of comedy for Catholics. Like he's the one go. that they point. Good at. metaphor. Yeah. There was a when I was a when I was a kid I like, and I was a, I was wanted to become a priest. He had one bit that I like when I look back like I didn't realize it was Jim Gaffin at the time, but then like later on I realized it was him. But he had one where he was like, "Does the Pope ever like when he's a kid like?" hope to grow up to be the pope you know the same way that you want to grow up to be a baseball player like and now coming to the stage i, I never heard that pope like is <laughs> the seventh yeah ah! do you catch yourself doing the jim gaffigan voice you know the the second voice that he does the i com- love the second voice the comment- that's something that's not really I I feel like I think that he does that a lot less like the further you progress. Right. That's yeah. one thing. But that's something that he fucking nailed. Like he, he's that, doing a diarrhea joke. He's doing another joke. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm I not, like that. I do not approve. You know, like he'll make kind his of, own commentary. He's like got two shows going on. It was on. good for his first special because it kind of like told you who he was. Yeah. And yeah. like it was like a double way. It was, you kind of got to know him two times. Right. Like. like doubly he's like he went. snuck in the double punchline the motherfucker found yeah. a way to get double punchlines in no he does something like that who i like also jessica kirsten like oh uh, like yeah. she turns around talks to herself and it's like all about her insecurities in the moment is great right like i feel like talking to yourself on stage like if you lose your place like that's something that like i'll do if i'm like doing a long set and i may be like forgot like the next group i usually group my jokes out like have like group a b c your chunks yeah, yeah. Your chunks. so if i forget which group where i'm at like sometimes i'll i'll talk to myself and that's like something i kind of maybe picked up from those two yeah, you yeah. know a little bit but it's not like the same exact way that, but that was one yeah. of those like uh like comedy trends that come out where it's like when seinfeld was big everybody was like you know what's the deal with what blah, blah blah or like when dane cook came out everybody's doing like bizarre extreme act outs fuck or bees Fuck bees or whatever the fuck. But like when Gaffigan was like huge, especially in the like mid two thousands, like everybody was doing fucking the the voice. The, oh, the second who voice. else is doing it? You would see Just it pop comics. up. Yeah, Just, yeah. I, I remember you would see like the the commentary voice or the the, the, yeah. the angel on the shoulder or whatever. You know, you would you would see the 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 back and forth more because people like that's the whole thing. Like when Lou, like everybody wanted to be Louie for a while, and everyone was saying, you know, talking, you know, saying the N word on stage and being edgy yeah. and fucking or white dude saying N-word white on dude stage. saying the N word. Now, on stage. now a lot of people are doing like Kevin Hart on stage. Fair, fair enough. People not emulate. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're still doing. I, I, I you're wish still I, doing I Seinfeld. Wish I was like like that energetic sometimes. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Uh, did you see that the what? Have you listened to his audiobook? No. Oh, oh it's good. And Is it's it? like he performs the hell out of the reading. <laughs> I would not have that energy. Like his re- it sounds like you're listening to like an 8-hour comedy special. Whoa. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's a that's an interesting market now because like I I on it, like I, I, I wrote this joke. I posted this joke about like uh, uh, I'm trying to read more. Can someone recommend a movie that was turned into a book that was recorded as an audio book so I can listen to it on the train? You know, like I'm, as a joke, like oh, I'm not trying to read. I'm just trying to have yeah. someone like say words into my face. But the uh, oh, a podcast. Yeah, it's literally those audio books are just straight up podcasts. Like the the but 
like constructed. No, it's like the the peak podcast. Like it's constructed, it's edited, it's delivered into like an audio format with intent to express the information. Like, I love Audible. I think that I've grown a lot as a person just by going on long road trips and listening to like so you listen to girl on the books, train, yeah. thirty books on audio. I never listen to fiction. First of all, I always all right. listen to like true come up stories yes. or business books and stuff like that. Oh shit, listen business. To that. Yeah. What do you pull? Okay, so you're talking about. So yeah, I pull from that and I always apply it to what I'm doing in comedy and then whatever I'm doing as my day gig, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it you, works. Uh, well, because when you produce shows here in the city, you're t- making the joke about like, oh, well, at least I got guaranteed stage time, which is a huge chunk of it. But also you have to kind of keep it going because that'll fall apart if that's your only motivation. How do you, like when you put shows together, like how do you take the business shit from? Well, the- yeah, it is kind of like starting a business and I'm just realizing this now. Uh, like... I mean, I should have come to me feels, sooner, man. <laughs> it feels like it, fe- it felt like play at first because it was just fun to do. Yeah. yeah. But now it's like this is just like starting and maintaining a company. You build like somewhat of a system. Yeah. Like my show Beauty Bar, I do a polished comedy. It's a lot of fun. I do it every Friday. I make sure that I have someone there to help me. Yeah, it's great. Like show. I've been doing that show for like maybe six years. Yeah. Like every Friday. That's one of the longer to, running shows now. Yeah, I used to do it with Adam Amawala. Uh, and he left the show and uh i was gonna do it by myself uh but i was like approached actually by kevin michael smith Uh who i like i've known him i've seen him around like the scene and like i've we've known each other for like a lot a long time so i was like you know what i'm kind of i also had broken up with my girlfriend right at that time (laughs) and and like so i was kind of feeling like i could use a buddy anyway so yeah so now i have now he i he does a bunch of stuff like for the show and like it's like a you gotta system. get so if i go out people. of town now he has that show and he can run it and host it and he's proud of it he's been on it with me for like a few years you get good people under you yeah, yeah. you have to get people but you have to get the right people you can't just get anyone exactly. who asks if he was I, I i took him because he was like so persistent like he would he i i could tell that he was like kind of looking at my feed and like seeing where i was going to be like he showed up at the stand and like oh, wow. was talking to me oh. out. he showed up like he was single point. white female. I was, like, I was like, oh shit, this dude really wants. I, all right, this is like, <laughs> we could try. Oh, he's committed like, yeah, to. Yeah, let's try this. <laughs> I was like, well, he. If, if, I feel like if you really, if, if someone like, this is something I learned from a business book. If you really want something, you have to at least go for it like three or four times. Like there are certain people you might call for a deal. If you call them the first two times, they might just write you off like any other salesperson. If you're calling like multiple times, they're like, yeah. oh, this dude is really passionate about this. Yeah. Like yeah. so. Even if it's when you a, hear about that, like those terms, that's one of my biggest problems. I think is I, I'm always afraid to be annoying. I want to be di- like persistent. It's okay. People are everyone successful. There are so many people who think they're fucking annoying. Yeah, I guarantee. <laughs> but it's like it, it's annoying until you you get the open door, and then once you're in, then it's like be cool, be cool, be cool. Because I'm sure, like like talking about Jim Gaffigan, I'm sure at the beginning when he was doing open mics and trying to figure out his voice and all that shit. I'm sure that there were times where he had to fucking push for shit. And he's so mild-mannered. Like, I just don't picture him being, like, cutthroat. You know what I mean? It's There's got to be moments where... I, could, where I, could, I feel like he has, like, an inner business guru in there. So. Yeah. He, like, he has everything just set up so perfectly. He must be, like, a business genius. I, I he, uh, he graduated from Purdue with an uh, economics degree, I think. Oh. Isn't that, that yeah. it? That's well, so he, good, but that doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean... Because... I mean, like you could graduate from college. That's that's only trained you to be an employee. Yeah, so, yeah. Because he, uh, Fuck, that's he, a good so way to after, put it. So after after college, certain people who 
and it's usually like the B students and the C students like th that's they're just not in that system their like mind is in like another quadrant you know their their minds like in like the self-starter entrepreneur quadrant some people and that's like anyone who's a 1099 employee like real estate agents comedians like people who don't like have to go into work from nine to five every day like who have like like independent contractors right 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 yeah people like that i feel like that just takes like some kind of like you're, you have to do your own research to do something like that, and like yeah. kind of have your own drive. And I like. Well, that I mean, look, we put the show like we do yeah. unsung heroes every week. Yeah. Afterwards, there I got. Go. We got. There's like doing the show is the reward, you know what I mean? The work is, you know, posting it up online afterwards, making yeah. sure that the equipment's set up to record. You know, doing we, shitty Photoshop. It's doing, not, that's the like shitty Photoshop is very crucial. <laughs> Will do not diminish your contribution. <laughs> No, I think that, that that kind of shit is like what America's all about right there. Yeah. You know, that's like you, you, don't, you don't need to have a fucking you don't have to have America a fucking boss to tell Photoshop. you to do this and that and this. Like you should wanna do what you're doing, right? America is shitty Photoshop should be on the fucking dollar bill. Yeah. That's the new MAGA. That's the new MAGA. Yeah, yeah. There you go. America is shitty that's Photoshop. That's for Will runs. Yeah. <laughs> um well th this has been how, what, what are, are we, we already at, done? Well I would do an hour. What time? Uh, what are we at? Four or five. Oh, we could do another fifteen. We got, we got time. Yeah, so, but I did want to ask you, like, when you do your bits, do you like when you talk about the bat the, in the Jim Gaffigan voice? What is the? I bit, don't really do that that often. No, but what is a bit that of yours that you could do that? To? Like, well, let's add, let's add oh, that I never, to your. Well, I don't. I just do it to wherever I'm at, and it's usually not a comment about my bit, but it's a comment about something happening in the crowd or, oh. or something like that. Like if someone's being like rude, like sometimes I might call someone out who's like distracting me that way. Or like, oh. or I'll call someone, or I'll call something That's out about something I'm I did. Like if I forgot my place or something, I'll maybe uh -huh. make some kind of self depreciating joke about me being up here. Or <laughs> right, you know? right. Like yeah. It's it not is, really about. I don't really. It is a great. I think he said something like that where he originally originated the voice to uh, to make fun of like hecklers to like deal with hecklers. Oh really? Yeah, oh, where he would like shut down hecklers because hecklers like, oh no, he's gonna make fun of me with that weird fucking voice. <laughs> and then also, That's funny. it also takes the the power away because that thought that the audience might have that would trigger the heckle response yeah. he's already saying it so it's like he beats you to the punch yeah, yeah. That's, you know that's I, true it's it's like a weird fucking genius little thing that fucking adds so much um like i had the luxury of seeing him at eastville one time where he he had a heckler the girl was the drunk girl heckler like she was just being drunk and loud and very disruptive and then at some point he just made a comment it was genuine but it b broke the crowd where he's like oh is there like a mental thing that i sh and like just quietly just saying that one thing the crowd broke everyone was dying <laughs> laughing and she the girl got had like kind of got mad a little bit but he was trying to like just talk to her and i it's just a rare thing to see somebody that big deal with a like a, a straight up club heckler like drunk white lady heckler yeah it was such a like a interesting I've dynamic. Seen him, I've seen him at uh, our show at the stand a few times. It's it's like good. It's like good to see how he deals. Some yeah. one time we had someone really rude and like you could tell he was pissed. Oh really? Uh, it's yeah. like it's it's like kind of like in a way I felt like I was like a kid seeing your teacher actually upset in a way. It's it like is kind of that kind of a dynamic. It's what like was, so shocking like, to see. What like, went down? I don't know. It's just like someone who was like friends with like the owner was there uh, and they were trying to mouth off like they're the most important. So when someone like Jim Gaffigan goes on stage, this is an opportunity for that person to feel like they're hot shit. Uh, they can be bigger than a legend in comedy the big by heckling 
alleged in fucking comedy. Oh, I'm the owner's friend. Uh, I'm the owner's brother. Whatever he said. Yeah. Jim was like, and oh. you're a fucking douchebag. <laughs> oh, like, shit. I was like, oh. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe you should edit that out. I don't. I don't no. know if I. That's not. No, cool but that's me. all right. I mean, but I will say this: like when you hear somebody, you know, it happened. Yeah. But if it, like if it, I will say that it's it's cool, to, or like there's a lot more power in that level of response when someone is measured. Like if someone was a crazy person and saying fuck all the time in their act or as a person, you know, like when you got a friend that's. The quiet friend, and all of a sudden, and then you see them get mad. You're yeah, like, the oh, the contrast no. of it. Yeah, you're like, oh, sh- oh, sh- oh, shit. You know, or like when, like, Brian Regan, like, I love, like, Brian Regan was a big influence on mine at the beginning because it, I never, I, it didn't register me that, that he was so clean. It was just funny. And then afterwards, like, oh, he's squeaky clean. And then that stayed with me for a long time. Then I heard him at a show, or he said something in this, in the same vein of like the, when you hear somebody curse, where it was just like, oh, shit, he said ass, you know, or something like that. Like, And people were like, ugh. It's, it's so different, you know. Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan, like, uh, two of my favorite comedians, but there is a little bit of hatred I have for both of them because whenever somebody's like, you don't have to curse, why don't you be like Jim Gaffigan or Brian Regan? They don't have to curse, and they're funny. And you it's like, these, ow. You mean these geniuses? Oh. You mean these pure minds? <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's just like that's you, – you are who you choose to be. Yeah. You know? I yeah, I, yeah. I tried to, so one of the things like well I would do a lot of bits about working you know like in the emergency room and working as a paramedic like that was a lot of my material it still is you know a, a lot of my stuff and I would try to make a point of not being gross or not saying curse words a lot because I was gonna say gross things like there's a certain threshold where I if like I'm if I'm saying fuck bullshit blah 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 a lot and then I'm talking about you know fucking a a, a person vomiting throwing up blood guts stuff like that there's only so much the audience can take before they're like enough so like if i don't use curse words but talk about like gross shit like i felt it would balance out you know like i thought it would just be okay you know what's you know what's weird is uh when i was uh when i was an mc at the improvs uh down the floor we weren't allowed to curse obviously because you know you don't want to curse for the big headliners whatever it was so they told me not to curse but then i started cursing in my act because i was told not to curse and then when I moved to New York, like, I barely curse on my act. <laughs> I might be loud and outrageous and stuff, especially on the podcast, but it's like, I don't really curse that much, like, in my actual act because nobody's telling me not to curse. Yeah, you, they, they, it's like I wouldn't have crossed a line if I I didn't even know there was a line there. Now that I know it's there, yeah. I'm looking for it the whole time. Do you ever curse on a show that you're told not to curse on by accident? Oh, you're like, oh, fuck. I, you're like, shit. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> fuck. I'm sorry. Shit. <laughs> just, fuck. I did a show. <laughs> I did a show at an anime convention in Miami. I did a show where it was like, like a bunch of nerds and they're like, "Hey, just don't say fuck." And then the first words out of my mouth when the song they brought me up to was like, "Man, I fucking love that song." <laughs> ah, damn it! <laughs> Shit. Ah, son what? of a bitch! Son of sorry, a- fuck! Yeah. I should have. <laughs> they only a- cared about fuck, and that was the first one <laughs> out the gate. Like it was fuck, <laughs> like straight out the gate. It was I did this uh, thing. You know what comedy time is? Yeah, uh, it's like a YouTube thing, and uh, boy. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was recording a thing for it, and they were like, "All right, it's the heads up. If you uh, if you curse, you don't get to. Uh, they're not gonna put it on YouTube or whatever." And I was like, "All right, cool. I won't curse." But then uh, the people who are producing it pissed me off royally, where I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna curse like a like I'm gonna curse a storm, so they won't. I'm just gonna fuck them over, so I'm just gonna kill their stage time." So I walked out. Literally, my first words were. All right, let's pretend like I give a shit about this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went into my act and I cursed it up. 
And literally, of that night, I was the only set they used. He, you were literally trying to bomb your own set? I was trying to bomb, and they used it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't you know should if you try knows, to bomb all the You time. can't take that down. <laughs> What's that? Aim low, buddy. Aim yeah. low. Your aiming high is not working. You got to go for go Take the low road every now and again. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for countertop, I signed a waiver. They put it up. They won't take it down. If I ask them to take it down, they leave it up. So there's just this weird set that they've actually cut up and do multiple like. It's I think I got banned yeah, from rooftop from doing that shit. Did like you I, really? I uploaded some shit on rooftop comedy, comedy like time. when I was in college. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 Brian, we have a producer. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yes, there's literally compilations of the dirty sets, and it's like me and like Eric Myers and a bunch of other fucking comedians Florida who are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. time and Will Watkins. So we'll play it on our fade out. <laughs> no. Yeah. Get the fuck out of no. here. I don't give a shit about this. <laughs> Let's pretend fun. like I give a shit. Like, I asked them to take it down. They were like, we're not taking it down. Oh, what am I hearing? Oh. Yeah, so. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. No, that's that Secret Loft. That's a good show. You did Secret Loft? I didn't know they taped it. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a good show. The, uh, that was actually a good set that night. So. But yeah, no, the Comedy Time thing, I hosted one of their shows and I, 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 they were like, oh, if you dirty. I, I tried to be super clean, but because I talked about like gore, like I talked about violence yeah. and stuff. Oh, wait. Yeah, there it well, is. Well, whatever. I talked about violence and stuff and that, that's is what that they ended up. Yeah, that's Comedy Time. That's the one with my fucking uh, mop hair set. Yeah, it's the worst thing for comedy. Wow, look at, look they're at that just cutting a bit right out. There. Let's, let's hear it. Well, you got six minutes. You want no, no, no. It's only 43 seconds. seconds. Let's see. Yeah, it. no, it, they cut it up. It's Yeah, they literally cut it up into like multiple videos. All right, so is it just you going, fuck shit? Also, uh, I don't, I don't even remember what this bit is. Oh, this is going to be great. Was that a church? No, it's the old Miami improv. Yeah, yeah. There were literally only 20 people in the audience. Same exact song. It's like the same message to every song. The message is it's always a dude singer trying to convince a girl to leave her man. Bro code, dude. What the hell? Here's what's even worse, though. My wife walks in there and goes, Ooh, that's my jam! I don't know whether I'm more upset. She's pretty good job. I gotta trim the fat. This is the clean clean version. What is this, 1997 at a Chumbawamba concert? What? Oh, they just cut out all your cursing. I guess well, they're down. <laughs> I didn't know you were married. Yeah. yeah. Are yeah. you not married anymore? No, oh. I'm still married, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's the, nice. she never comes out. She's oh, you got your life shit. together. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got my life. Yeah, I'm like Gaffigan, except uh, we don't want kids. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're just like Gaffigan in the sense that you are married. Yeah, yeah that's literally <laughs> that's the only part of you that's like <laughs> Gaffigan. Um, that's that's good. A lot of people can't survive that shit. Hey, I, I'm over two with engagement rings. We've talked about it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's I'm not sorry good. to hear that. Yeah. You, you at least do the same one both times, then, right? No, two no. separate uh, occasions. I did not learn my lesson. I probably wait, wait, give it up. Oh, wait. So she said yes and kept the ring. The first one I did, we broke up. I bought the ring. We broke up. I, I had to return the ring to the jewelry store that had it was within the like it was like such a like a 30 day period oh awesome and then the second one we were engaged she said yes she moved up here you put her through plebe system through those first 30 days (laughs) to make sure it'll last (laughs) this ring cost me too much i I tell you what when we broke up it was like i had to return the ring i was thankful to get that money back because it's like i have i need a new apartment i need new (laughs) i had to like start a new life with engagement ring money um but yeah no no we'll 
the other one was that she moved up here and then left. You know, like it was like bad. She didn't like New York. It was bad. Like, yeah. We got. I'm not happy. Let's get. Let's end this before we get married. Uh, all right. So bullshit. I'll, bullshit. Uh, we'll have an ending question. Is uh, going back to your first uh, first bits you ever did on stage. Uh, Gaffigan tried to. Uh, this got very big. Was the hot pockets bit. Where, uh, uh, yeah. Literally, he was just known as the Hot Pockets comic. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I'm so glad he moved past that because he is way better than just the Hot Pockets guy. But if you had to go back to your original, like set, original act that you had, what would be your catchphrase? Like oh, the yeah. Hot Pockets. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, I had this joke about the N word because I felt like. I felt like all the times when I was in school, like this, all these all white schools, like especially like boarding schools and down south, I'd always get into situations where people would always challenge me with the n word. Like they want, they didn't. Oh. Like, it's not like they were saying it hatefully to me, but they would like always like try to slip it in and be like, "Oh, why can't I say it? Or I can't." Like they'd rap it and shit. So <laughs> I, it bothered me to the point where when I was like first in public school, I did say the n word, like 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 how people do, right. But then, like, I took it out of my vocabulary just because then I they couldn't say that I say it. Mm. So, <laughs> so it was like a, a way of... So, but I had this joke. It was like, saying the N-word is like touching a titty without asking. It may not physically hurt anybody, but it's very disrespectful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was like my go-to joke back when I first started. So nice. the catchphrase was be, it's very disrespectful. Um. Well, it, it goes on. Well, like, I think it'll be like touch a titty, titty without touch asking. A titty, yeah. It may not be physic. It may not physically hurt anybody. It's very disrespectful. But it's not my place to go up. To- oh, wait, someone came up to me after a show saying, "How come you could say the n word and I can't?" Right. So then I, uh, I go into that, and then I say, "Well, I wouldn't go up to a woman and be like, excuse me, ma'am, how can we have to touch your titties anytime, any place? <laughs> you could do it. I should be able to." Uh, <laughs> I had it set up like that. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like a callback to what the dude said to me, but I was just making ridiculousness out of it. Yeah, oh, nice. I'm glad you moved past that. <laughs> oh, you didn't like that one? No, it was good. It was good. It was oh, yeah. That, that's good. On the way out, just be like, hey, ain't go fuck you, shit. No. <laughs> I'm uh, just saying it's no hot pockets, but. Uh, I yeah, know. I. I don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My hot pockets is yet, yet to come, then I'll move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, Brian pulled up another video. I literally just threw. Was that? This is the whole set. Oh, don't play it. Oh. I, uh, oh, no. that, that hoodie I'm wearing, I literally just threw out like two weeks ago. You still have it from like a decade ago? Yeah, that, I think oh, that, that video is like eight this years old. This looks like you're yeah. performing on the set of Young Pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, Josh, thank you so much for being here. This is a great, real, like, uh, a real treat. New studio, your first guest here with the, oh, in yeah. the new space. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. A big thank you to Brian here at the Creek yeah. Media, all that shit. So, uh, thank you for producing us uh, all the way to the end. Yeah. And Josh, is there a, a Instagram, Twitter, anybody can follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Gosh Carter. I should have used this as my main joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gosh, G. G O S H C A R T E R. Gosh Carter. It's from nice. a very old bit where Gosh Carter was one of the punchlines. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Well, now it's become your brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now it's my Twitter and Instagram handle. <laughs> Gosh Carter. Uh, Will, is there anything you need to promote before you? Yeah, go? no. Just uh, watch Comedy Time, everybody. <laughs> oh, watch Comedy Time. Uh, <laughs> 
you were all gonna listen to it right now uh ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening uh be sure to come out every thursday night to the creek in the cave in long island city queens for the live unsung heroes podcast where you can come on be on the show we have a different theme every week and uh, it's up uh that's basically what's on most on this feed so um uh everybody come on out have a good time uh thank you all for listening remember to go out and be heroic <laughs>